I care about statistical scarcity more than positional scarcity. Have I killed fun? Yes. Podcast is going off the rails already. They're they're pop-ups. They're not infield fly balls. These guys told you to get fit by the RA. So wait for Kluber's sale. But pass on Robbie Ray. Hey, real quick, Scott's phoned about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal. Mount Rushmore. Bryce Harper is cursed. He won the home run derby. That's terrible news. Welcome, everybody, to Fantasy Baseball today. It's Tuesday. It is July 17th. And I am Adam Azer. I am with two people who do not believe in the home run derby jinx. Non-believers, hello. It doesn't exist. Like, there's nothing to believe in. Adam, do you believe in ghosts? I don't believe in ghosts, though. What about, like, little garden gnomes that steal your stuff? Uh, Undecided on that. Um, fairies. I thought you were gonna say Greg Bird. Uh, so Greg Bird, a the above average baseball player. I believe in him as an above. average I don't baseball believe player. in any of those things <laughs> either because they don't exist. Just like I don't believe you in sure. the home run derby curse because it does not exist. You, you can ask Chris because he saw my face when I opened up the notes and saw what you oh, wanted I, to start I, I the had show the, with. I had the exact same reaction as I was driving in and I got the uh, notification on my yeah. phone. No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna really talk about it. I'm gonna talk about this. In 2015 and 2016, there were 16 home run derby participants. 14 of 16 had a lower OPS in the second half. Last oh, year. Really weird. Uh, no, because you know what? You know what's funny, Heath? I actually went why, back. Why do they choose the guys for the home run derby? No. Is it guys that just hit a bunch of home runs? I actually, uh, I went back and I listened to last year's podcast, cause you know, you were saying basically the same exact thing. I didn't feel like doing all the research again, so I just listened to what was said on last year's podcast. Right. And, uh, you were extremely dismissive. But right. th- then I pointed out that it wasn't just that in 2016 that some of these guys had bad second halves, or, or worse second halves, that they fell off a cliff. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Trumbo, Will Myers, Adam mm-hmm. Duvall, and Carlos Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. I look, I don't, I, last year, get, uh, last year smashed the, smashed the theory because actually almost everybody was really good in the second half. Aaron and Judge and thing. Miguel Sano were not. They were playing through injury. Last year, most of those guys were good players. Like uh-huh. the year 2016, was that the year? Like Mark Trumbo, Adam Duvall, Carlos, like those guys aren't that good. And this is what happens. Like, Ian Desmond is going to have a worse second half than his first half because he has a 40% home run to fly ball ratio, 37.5%. He hasn't even been that good, though. Right, right, but just uh, uh, play along. Okay. He's going to have a worse second half. He's going to hit a lot fewer home runs in the second half than the first half. And everyone should know this. Nobody should be surprised. I don't know how Ian Desmond's spending his all-star break. Presumably not participating in a home run derby that's not sanctioned by Major League Baseball. I think we can assume that. So when he has a bad second half, what are we going to blame it on? But, but, you know, there's the thing. Look, I'm not, this is how I feel about the home run derby. I'm never going to downgrade one of my fantasy players because of it, but I hope that none of my fantasy players participate in it. Because every now and then you do hear somebody talk about how it messed up their swing. That's all. So that's yeah. like anecdotal evidence that it can affect a player. That's all. Yeah. That's all. But yeah, I'm not going to. Cool. As we say, yeah. nothing actionable. Like Javi Baez probably will have a home run derby curse because his OPS is a hundred points higher than it was last year. 
I just hope he doesn't have a dreadful second half. He might. <laughs> he never walks, and he strikes out, and he swings at everything, so he might. So, I'm surprised he didn't swing and miss at anything yesterday. I think. Uh, also, Bryce Harper's dad was cheating yesterday, and we should call it what it was. No, no, no. Yes. No. Rules are rules, Heath. You cannot throw the ball until the last one lands. He was throwing the balls before he even hit them. You know, that's obviously not true. Before he even hit them, he just yeah. threw two pitches before mm-hmm. Bryce Harper swung. Yeah. Uh, Every single pitcher threw at one at least not, one illegal okay, pitch. Okay, but. Oh, no, we're not enforcing the rule for Dave, anyone. Davey we're not going to enforce Harper. it just for the winner. I Brian, think, Brian I think Wilson the home Harper. run derby probably helped Bryce Harper last night. I think he has a big second half because of it. Well, he hit a lot of stuff the episode field, so uh, defenses are going to – the scouting report. Did not yeah. watch one second of the home run derby. It was my, uh, really fun. It's It seemed fun. I watched the highlights of, of Harper's The new back. format is incredible. It, it really changed. Except the, the 440 bonus is so stupid. It's awful. Yeah. Like, we don't even know how far the ball is actually going, but we're going to say yeah. if you hit a ball that our computer says, yeah. win 440, not 439, yeah. hit two of those and we'll give you an extra 30 seconds. Like Mike, Alex Bregman was robbed. Max Muncy hit a bunch of dongs, but he didn't hit any of them long, so they don't count as much. That's stupid. Well, Bregman hit 15 but didn't get the 30-second bonus, so lost by one. New, So new format – was last year. I started last year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it is fun. It's cool. It's a great, it's, it's a great event. I just, I, you know, I figured let's take the night off. I, instead, I watched Dirty Dancing for the first time ever. Well, you were researching Home Run Derby curse stuff. That's no, much that, not really. That was sporting. I also watched the first episode of Peaky Blinders, which was really cool. And I'm kind of, gonna, I've never watched it. Gonna get into that show. All right. So what else is coming up on today's show? I got some weekend streamers for you. Uh, even if you're playing in like a long two, you know, a long week, you might just want to take a look at these guys. They've got good matchups this weekend. If you're in a daily league, this could help. Uh, I've got, uh, we've got, we've got second half all-stars. We're not going to do first half all-stars. We're going to predict the second half all-stars at each position, which players are going to be the best or, you know, among the best. We've got your emails at fantasy football today. Oh, nope. Wow. At fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. I'm all confused right now. Fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. That's where we've got your emails. Uh, we've got a special guest joining us later. In fact, a couple of special guests. Warren G and Nate Dogg are joining us. The fantasy regulators are coming on the show. Is, who's excited? Yeah! And we have to figure out our grade the trade song. It is pretty embarrassing. We are grading your trades. Yeah. yeah, this works, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Heath doesn't know this song. Like you're just trying to kill every bit of energy that anyone might have for this show. Well, come on, I'm bringing energy today. I'm in good mood. It's All Star Break Week. I love All Star Break Week. All right, so Vitamin C what is a, gonna. This is insulting. Vitamin C, the singer, is only the second response on Wikipedia when you search for Vitamin C. Insulting. Show some respect. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I would think I think that would make sense. So let's look at some uh, news and notes real quick. Manny Machado very close to being traded. Could happen before play resumes on Thursday night. Uh, the Yankees are giving Luis Severino some rest. They're pushing him to Monday. He's not starting this weekend. And Luke Weaver's Luke Weaver's in the minors. We didn't talk about that one. That's just a kind of like a Bieber thing, right? He's just just throw, getting some throws, getting some pitching he's, in. He'll come back. Dancing. Yeah, and throwing eggs at houses. Playing a little guitar. Drag racing in Miami. Bad tattoos. All things that Bieber has done. Now, Luke Weaver's coming back, right? They didn't demote him. I would assume that this is just a 10-day thing. Cool. So, some interesting weekend streamers. 
Well, I put a bunch of them in the notes, and I don't think it makes sense to read all of them. That would be a long segment. So if you guys want to pick some some of your favorites, I think Kyle Gibson at Kansas City seems yeah. like a pretty damn obvious one. He's 69% owned. Domingo Ramon versus the Mets. Also, that's a good one that you put in here. Already, Nate Ovaldi probably needs to be owned more than 76% already. Same with Carlos Rodon. I don't love the Carlos Rodon matchup. Uh, the Mariners can still put some runs on the board, but... Yeah, Nate Ovaldi is the Marlins. Yes. Uh, and Rodon is the Mariners. Nate Ovaldi, Chris, what do you make of his tre- dreadful start over the weekend? Two and two-thirds, eight earned runs. He is Nate Ovaldi. Yeah, I think that's something that'll happen. He he is throwing a little differently. I I can't. I think he's throwing a cutter a lot more this season, and that's made a difference for him so far. But you know, he's probably not a completely transformed pitcher. Yeah, Gibson's easily my favorite on this list. Rodon would be my second favorite as a streamer, as an as an ad. Generally, to start this week. Okay, even okay. Herman would be third because the Mets are terrible, but they're mostly really, really terrible against lefties. They haven't been as bad against right-handed pitchers. They also might get Cespedes back to DH this weekend, and Herman, Herman's really like really good or really bad. So I'm a, a little nervous about it. And cause same thing for Duffy. I, I like Duffy a lot against the Twins. They've been bad against lefties, and we keep thinking they should be better, but they haven't. So, and then like the deep league one, I think Derek Rodriguez at Oakland should be good. Uh, what do you think about Armand Marquez at Arizona? It's a road start. Marquez. I think it's fine. On the road, Armand Marquez is, is useful. Okay, so th- that's Friday. Uh, Marcus Stroman against Baltimore, which will likely be without Manny Machado on Saturday. That's a juicy one. He's 75% owned. Uh, I, I think you could get back to Lance Lynn at Kansas City. No, okay, no. We, we, no. Last season, Lance Lynn had a 482 FIP. But he put together a 3.43 ERA, and we just decided, all right, well, peripherals don't matter for Lance. No, we did not but decide he's that. Never you guys been have been talking about that. Really, he's never year. really been a guy who like outperforms his peripherals by a huge margin, and his peripherals are a lot worse now. Pretty Here's good. what I'll say for Lance Land on Saturday: you can do that. It like to bring back the knuckleball thing. We don't know with the random Chris's beautiful, insightful random number generator take on knuckleball pitchers. He's not a knuckleball pitcher, but he doesn't strike anybody out, and the Royals don't strike out. So it, it, they don't hit home runs either. It's all going to come down to Babip on Saturday, and it might go well and it might not. I'm not betting on and it. And the problem, he might walk seven guys too. But, I mean, even with the Royals. it's just the Royals. That's the only. I'm not making a case for Lance Lynn, but last last time out against the Royals, he gave up, I think, three runs in the first inning. And those, I think, were the only earned runs he gave up. He got the win. And he's had two, you know, good enough fantasy usable starts against the Royals. Fine. I will not it's try like to a, convince you anymore. I mean, it's, it's like a 5 ERA and a 1.6 whip last week. Yeah, it wasn't great. But it ended up, he got the win. So he ended up giving you like 15 fantasy points. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I, I think he's I'd got a pretty good chance I'd rather have Nick Kingham against win. Cincinnati. Okay, okay. See, that's the thing. Like, Nick Kingham at Cincinnati. Like, Cincinnati, do we have to start thinking about them as a sit matchup? We can start thinking about them as not one to target necessarily. I just think that Kingdom's a lot better. I'd um, rather start Trevor Cahill against the Giants. I would rather start Trevor Cahill as well. Um, I can't trust Jake Junis, right? We need to see something from him. Yeah. Ryan you Yarbrough. You can't trust him, but I think I'd still rather start him than Lance Lynn. You can't trust Lance Lynn. Yeah. I trust the Royals to be bad. That's, that's fair. 
There, there's at least one pitcher on Sunday that I like more. Ryan Yarbrough against Miami, 23% on if you want someone deeper. Could help. That may be determined by Friday's game. True, true. Um, if he gets to start, then I'd be more likely. And Daniel Ponce de Leon, there's a doubleheader, I believe, Cardinals and Cubs. I don't think we want to start someone at the Cubs, but Ponce de Leon's got some, I think, good numbers in the minors for the cards. But, yeah, whatever. And uh Sunday. All right, who do you like on Sunday? Pavetta. Oh, Pavetta's a must start. Should be way more owned than 74%. I know he's been bad for a while, and he's throwing his fastball too much, and he needs to stop that, but... San Diego's not very good. They've been better with Will Myers back, but for the most part, it's still not a good lineup. If Nick Pavetta does not come through on Sunday against San Diego, we're going to have some problems. But Pavetta and Gibson are probably our two favorites, and maybe Stroman against Baltimore. And they're they're three of the more highly owned guys. They're about 70 to 75% owned, so it makes sense. Um, but we've given you some deeper league options. Maybe Matt Harvey against Pittsburgh, although Pittsburgh's been – they had a very good weekend. They played a five-game set against the Brewers, scored six or seven runs in four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't want to trust Odorizzi or Lucchese. Yeah, I, I'd rather start Odorizzi than Lynn. Okay, same matchup. I think I'd rather start Lucchese than Lynn. Boy, you guys hate Lance Lynn. Um, okay. So the deeper ones, I've got an eye on Armand Marquez, Derek Rodriguez. He's mm-hmm. mentioned. Trevor Cahill, Heath mentioned, maybe Ryan Yarbrough. Those could be some weekend streamers for you. And if you're not doing anything this weekend, hey, why not go to a game? Why not save some money with our promo code FANTASY? That'll get you 20 bucks off your SeatGeek purchase. So here's what you do. Put the SeatGeek app on your phone or go to SeatGeek.com. But it's really easy. You just put it right on your phone. Search for an event. I do this all the time. I do it for concerts, for comedy, for theater, for sports. I've been to so many games thanks to the SeatGeek app. I got another email yesterday from one of our listeners thanking us for the SeatGeek app, talking about the great tickets he got. Uh, you search for the event. SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value. You get this color-coded map. If you see a red dot, you don't want to buy that ticket. That ticket's overpriced. If you see a green dot or a big green dot, or the greener, the bigger the dot is, that's the one you want. They also give you like a score up to 10 on the deal. So it, it makes it very easy to find the, the best bargain, the best bang for your buck. Very easy to buy the tickets. You can put them on your phone. Go right to the game. It's such a piece of cake with SeatGeek now. Saves you time. Saves you money. Saves you 20 bucks when you use the code FANTASY on your first SeatGeek purchase. And you're going to keep using it after that. You'll see how efficient and uh, and easy to use the SeatGeek app is. Download the SeatGeek app. Use the code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first purchase. All right, fellas. Uh, we might have a shorter show today. We shall see. We're going to get into the second half All-Stars in just a moment. But we've gotten so many grade the trade requests and we haven't gotten enough, so let's grade some trades. From Adam. He's in a dynasty league. This song is so bad. Give Chris Bryant. Get Alex Reyes and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I don't see any reason to do this. I would not do this. Like uh, there might be some pricing reason to do it, but in terms of just the talent, like maybe Vlad Guerrero will be as good as Chris Bryant in a few years. But like, like Vlad Guerrero is an amazing prospect. But let's not forget that Ronald Acuna was the best prospect since Chris Bryant, if not Mike Trout, and he's been okay. D, yeah, D. Jason in Kansas City, five by five AL only roto league. Give up Verlander. Get Porcello 
and Tanaka. This would be a really bad trade, I think, in a mixed league. But in an yeah. AL-only league, give up Verlander for Porcello and Tanaka. Yeah, because you have to think it's probably Verlander and some dude with a 5 ERA and no strikeouts. The only way I would do this still is if I was really in trouble in strikeouts or wins. Because this is going to hurt your ERA. It's going to hurt your whip. I'm going to give it a C-. minus. But yeah, I think it's a C+. Plus. Interesting. Now, Tanaka will give you a good whip. It won't be as good as Verlander. What is Porcello's whip? Probably pretty good. It's probably fine, but it's going not, it, neither of them are going to be as good as Verlander. Yeah. Uh, this is from Gary. He says, hey, Amy, Bernadette, and Penny. Ah, oh, great show. Which, who would we? No be? idea. Really? Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah. Great show. Who would we, which girls would we be? I think, I'd, I think I'd be Amy. Chris would be Bernadette, and Heath would be Penny. Wow. Is Bernadette the pretty one? Well, Penny's no, like... He said I was the pretty one. Penny, no, Penny's the hot one. Bernadette's pretty. Isn't one of them Winnie Cooper? No. From Wonder Years? No, you're thinking of Mayim Bialik from Blossom, and that's Amy. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. 16-team <laughs> head-to-head points dynasty league. 16-team points league dynasty. Give Bumgarner and Gene Segura get Trevor Bauer. Bumgarner Excuse and me. Segura for Bauer. Danica McKellar was on the Big Bang Theory. So oh, she, she did not have a big role, did she? Uh, I don't see any reason to do the Bumgarner and Segura for Trevor Bauer trade, even in a dynasty league. I think Trevor Bauer might be better than Madison Bumgarner moving forward. He's been arguably the best pitcher in the American League this year, but Gene Segura is really good, too. D minus. Yeah. See, this is, this is why Heath, Heath is the best at understanding how to do each segment. Oh, we should just not talk about it? Just Every, not analyze it? Everyone understands how. I'm just the only one that follows the rules. Yeah, no, we should. getting there. I would we like get the there. grade first, then the analysis. Well, that's not what you're gonna when, get. When you get a paperback from your teacher, do you want the, the, like, here's why you got this grade, and then you have to wait in suspense and then finally see your grade on page three? Adam, here's the thing. When you're interested in the pursuit of knowledge and not the pursuit of GPA, <laughs> plus, like, you end based, up with on a crappy my, GPA. based on my scholastic history, it was a C plus. Okay. You know? okay. Uh, 12-team head-to-head points league. Give up Dallas Keuchel, get AJ Pollock. This is from Mike, by the way. Give up Keuchel for AJ Pollock. A. B plus. I think that, uh, again, this is the best format for Keichel, and I expect he's going to be a top 30 pitcher in this format rest of season. But there's a lot more upside with Pollock than there is with Keichel. Has Pollock been really bad since coming off the DL? It hasn't been very long. Let's take a look. It's been, yeah, it's been July 2nd. It's been one week. He had, no, it's been two. It's been... Were you doing the it's been one week thing? That is what I was doing, yeah. Okay. Well, you have to do the it's been. Not the way you did it. Ah, oh, come on, baseball reference. Give me his damn. He a, does he, he like is, anything you do? He is hitting 250 <laughs> with a 730 OPS yeah, since coming off the DL in 12 games, 10 starts. And he hasn't attempted a steal yet. Well, he, he's barely been on base. Yeah. Okay. So... That last one. Oh, what was the grade? Keiko for Pollock was an A and a B plus or something? Yep. All right. Good trade. From Mike, give up Brantley and Sean Newcomb. 
get Ross Stripling in a 12-team categories league? Brantley and Newcomb for Ross Stripling. F. Um, wow, F. To give some context, this is a 12-team categories league with three outfielders and one utility spot, and he already owns Giancarlo Stanton, Juan Soto, Will Myers, Brandon Belt, and Reese Hoskins. So he's been putting Michael Brantley on the bench lately. Well, he should have been starting Michael Brantley over <laughs> at least one of those guys, probably I, two. I don't – which one? Probably um, Belt. Like maybe Belt. Will Myers. No, Will Myers has been amazing lately. Since coming off the DL, he's been incredible. Like, yes. Michael Brantley's still been awesome. Michael Brantley's been good, but. Michael Brantley had a good weekend against the Yankees. Before that, he was kind of just like giving you some batting average. Yeah, that's the thing is that like Michael Brantley, especially in a categories league, is he doesn't steal many bases anymore. He doesn't hit for power. He's like he'll drive in some runs, but he's not a standout. He'll score. So he's kind of like a two category. He's probably. If, if he plays the rest of the season, he's probably going to be at 90 of both. Runs an RBI. Sure. I, I don't like it. Well, so. what, what do you dislike about the trade? Like, what, I, what if I, were Brantley? I, I would rather have Michael Brantley than Ross Stripling. I don't think it's great value, but I think Ross Stripling's a huge upgrade on Sean Newcomb. And if you're not, st- like it, if it was giving up Will Myers instead of Michael Brantley, maybe I would like it a little more, but mm-hmm. I get the, the logic behind it within the team context. Right, right. And that, that's a good point. Like, on, on its face, it's probably a loss. Cause we would draft Brantley before we draft Stripling. And then, you know, forget about how we feel. Obviously, Chris and Heath feel differently about Sean Newcomb. But, sometimes you have to overpay from your strength to address your weakness. And, uh, that, that could help. That could help your trade. So we get that. Alright, uh, let's, uh, look at some second half all-stars. First, it's team name Tuesday. Three Mikes, your trout. Three Mike Shirt Trout. Oh, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Derek Verlander, a center for ants. I get it. Yeah, that's good. Confirmation bias? Sure. I think we've had that one before. It's excellent. Here's one I don't understand. The Eloy and the Morlocks? Um, I mean, something Warlocks. I don't, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what, what that specifically. means. Specifically. That's good eaten. Adam yep. Eaton. Mm-hmm. Cool Hand Weaver. Three pitchers. Cool Hand Weaver. What is that a reference to? I don't know. I know Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. Maybe he meant like Luke Weaver. Okay. No, it's fine. Yeah. Snelson Muntz. Sure. Yeah, I like that one. Snelson Muntz. Bets You Can't Hit Just One. Sure. You guys remember Bet You Can't Hit Just One? That was a great ad Uh campaign. Albies There For You. We know that one. Whirling Uh Darvishes. Uh-huh. That's good. Schwarber, Schwarber Disco. Apparently a Pulp Fiction reference. Okay. I don't know that reference. I don't really know that movie that well. I think I need to watch that movie I, again. I don't, I get, don't, not, I'm not sure you needed to watch it the first time. I don't get the right way. Do you not like Pulp Fiction? Like, no. was that a Pulp Fiction is bad take? Yes. Cause like, I'm of the opinion that Pulp Fiction may be a little overrated. This is still a great movie. That's a ridiculous take. He went through like a 20 year drought where he didn't make a good movie. Until uh, when? When did it end? What were you, you saying? He made like one good movie? No, he's only been making movies for like twenty-five years. Yeah, he hasn't years. made that many movies. Uh, I think Inglorious Bastards is incredible. I love both Kill Bills. Yeah, I'm, Kill I'm, Bills are terrible. It's been a while oh, since gosh, he made. Geez. I don't know if he's, he's made been a making movies bad for like movie. thirty years, thirty-five no, maybe. No, not since eighty-three. I think you forgot it's twenty eighteen. 
Okay. Uh, second half all stars. True romance. Very good movie. I never saw that one. Nobody commented on the fact that I watched Dirty Dancing for the first time last night. Never seen it. Before. Uh, because I'm not, I'm not here for, for, for heteronormative shaming. Okay. You watch the movies that you watch, Adam. All right. I liked it. It was good. It's just weird when like the, the big climax of a movie is a, is a dance scene, but you know, well, it's it was not good that movie. weird. West Side Story has dancing. Never seen that. All right, second half All-Stars. So we decided instead of looking at who's been great in the first half, let's take a look at who we think is going to be great in the second half. So who is going to be your second half catcher, your second half All-Star catcher? And it doesn't mean we think he's going to be number one necessarily, but I think you all get the point. Second half All-Star catcher is who? Mm. There's an obvious answer to this one. Gary Sanchez? And it's Gary Sanchez. Uh, I wrote about five hitters to target for the second half, and Gary Sanchez was one of them. He just... The skill set, there were some red flags. The infield fly ball rate was way high, and that was worrisome. But it still wasn't enough to justify like the 211 Babbitt or whatever he had. He's the best catcher at fantasy, the best hitter at catcher, and there's no reason to think he won't be. And he should be back at the start of the All-Star break. Heath, anything else? I think Gary Sanchez is a fine option. Now that I've won the Gary Sanchez is not the number one catcher in points argument, <laughs> I, I, I don't have any, any problem with him. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's catching up to Evan Gaddis, but he's gonna. You he's were almost as wrong, Buster Posey. Posey's really had a disappointing year. He's battling a hip issue. Um, Wilson Contreras was a guy that I put. I figured you guys were gonna take Sanchez, which is fine. Sure. So just to talk about more players, Wilson Contreras, he, you know, his his hard contact rate is not as good, mm-hmm. but his career high twenty point three percent soft contact rate, usually around seventeen percent, but. A 9.1 home run to fly ball rate is so low for, for Wilson Contreras. I just feel like there could be a real nice second half for him. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Okay. And then I was digging even deeper. What do you guys think about Robinson Chirinos? I did notice that he is hitting the ball very hard and hitting a lot of fly balls. Yeah, he was terrible at the start of the year and kind of lost some playing time for a while. But I everything he's done since then... Um, I, I I don't know if he could be a fantasy All Star because I think he's still a low end number one catcher, but he could be our our second catcher on the All Star team. Okay, so you love two catcher leagues. We, so we like Sanchez. Uh, he's the best. Wilson Contreras could have a nice second half, and Robinson Torino's honorable mention. First base, who we got? What position do we want to play Max Muncy at? <laughs> yeah, wherever you'd like. Let's. I I'll say him at first base just because, like. And I want to say first off, like players go through hot streaks where everything is looks sustainable, and then it turns out that they just aren't that good, so they can't keep that up. And with Justin Max, Smoke last year in the first half is a good example. The the peripherals all supported what he was doing. With Max Muncy's past track record, I wouldn't understand if someone thought that. But holy crap, does everything he's doing look like one of the best hitters in baseball? Just crushing the ball, great plate discipline. I, I think he may be one of the best first basemen or second baseman or third baseman or outfielders in fantasy baseball in the second half. So Max Muncy, I, I put Carlos Santana on my second half All-Stars list. He has his highest walk rate, uh, career low K, or highest walk rate since 2010, career low K rate. He has a 206 Babbitt. Maybe Santana is getting a little caught up in the fly ball revolution because he's hitting too many fly balls, perhaps, and the line drive rate is way down. But I still think the track record is there. This is a second-half player. Would you rather have Carlos Santana or Max Muncy? Muncy, for sure. Muncy. Yeah, I think that's it. He walks as much as Carlos Santana does. 
Would you rather have Max Muncy or Jesus Aguilar? I would go with Muncy. Yeah, Muncy. Muncy or Abreu? That's where I'd probably stick with Abreu, assuming I'm only looking for a first baseman. All right. Yeah, I think I might rather have Muncy on my team. I mean, the funny thing about first base is that we're, we're sort of we're all looking for like kind of buy lows here, it's, or maybe a buy high like Max Muncy. There's so like Anthony Rizzo's got to have a good second half. Joey Votto. Joey Votto's got to have a good second half. Reese Hoskins is going to be better. There's a lot of options at first base because first base stinks. Encarnacion is is really interesting to me because the walk to strikeout rate has gotten a lot better lately. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he's hit two home runs recently, but that's basically all he's done. His batting average is so low, but yeah, thoughts on, we talked about him a little bit last week. Thoughts on Encarnacion? I think he'll have a fine second half. I think the same. Second base. I'll take Max, Max Muncy. How about you guys? <laughs> How about this one? And we've gone through some ups and downs with this fella this season, but Yoan Makata showing signs of late, um, has hit the ball really well over the last couple of games, but most impressively, over his last 20 games, his strikeout rate has consistently consistently declined. He had a 20-game stretch, ending on June 28th, where he had struck out 40.5% of the time. And ever since then, it's been going down. It's 29% over the last uh, 20 games. That's still not good. But with his skill set, he's a high Babbitt player. He steals bases. He hits for power. He's the kind of player that if he's striking out 29% of the time, I think he's a starting caliber fantasy option, especially in a categories-based league. So that's my second-half pick. Yoan Moncada. Heath? You know, I'm going to go with D. Gordon. I haven't really been able to figure out why D. Gordon has been so much worse than he was, and probably because there's a very thin line between average D. Gordon and really good D. Gordon, and some of it's just fortune. But... I expect he's going to score a lot more runs in the second half. I expect he's going to hit over 300 in the second half. And he's probably still going to get close to 45 stolen bases. Okay. I want to know what you guys think about Cattell Marte. So Heath goes with D. Gordon. Chris goes with Yoan Moncada. Cattell Marte is one for his last 16, but in that stretch he has five walks, five strikeouts. And I was going to make this case, like, hey, maybe struggling a bit, but the plate discipline's been so good. And then I look back and I see plate discipline wasn't really a huge problem for Marte, especially last year. He just wasn't a good hitter. Um, but look, he had a 989 OPS in the 34 games before that. They faced a pretty good amount of lefties, and that's where Marte has really excelled. But do you buy Cattell Marte? Because he's, he's been for a little over a month. He's been a starter at second base, and he's 50% owned. So this is – he's an interesting case because he was one of the guys who before the season talked about, I'm going to hit the ball in the air this year. Nope. He is not hitting the ball in the air this year. He has had stretches where he has hit the ball in the air – this year, and it has coincided with his most productive stretches as a hitter. Maybe he gets his swing right, and he hits 35% of his balls, uh, our fly balls moving forward, and 20% line drive rate, and he can be a productive, above-average hitter, but that seems to be the key. He does have raw power. You know, I don't think that's what we think of with Cadell Marte, but he has shown that. Uh, I just don't think he can put it in the games yet. Okay. So, uh, at first, at catcher, Gary Sanchez, Wilson Contreras, a little bit lower on the list, Robinson Chirinos. At first base, Max Muncy, and like, like everyone else, Carlos Santana, hopefully. Do you guys feel confident in Carlos Santana? Uh, in him being Carlos Santana, yeah. 
And at second base, uh, Yoan Moncada, D. Gordon. Gordon obviously better than Moncada, but guys who could have uh, much better second halves than what we saw in the first half. Let's get to third base before we do that. Always trying to save you money on this podcast. So if you're thinking about saving money this summer, why not start by paying less interest on your credit card balances? And you can do that at lightstream.com. And I've been to the website, took a look at it. It's really uh, very easy to use and I think could be very helpful for a lot of people. The website that you should go to is lightstream.com slash strike, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash strike. So this is an easy way to save hundreds to thousands of dollars and lower your interest rate. Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 5.89% APR with auto pay. Uh, you can get your funds as soon as the day you apply. And Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a great interest rate and no fees. Again, our listeners, in addition to what you can already save on Lightstream, our listeners can save even more with an additional interest rate discount with that URL, lightstream.com slash strike. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes a 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com for more information. All right, third base. Who's the all-star? I know who you want us to say. Who? Josh Donaldson. Oh, I didn't even think about him. That'd be a fun one. Yeah, Justin Turner's my pick. Um, it's possible that the wrist injury just lingers all year. It's also possible that it just gets better, and I think we've seen signs of that. He had a 209 ISO in June. His hard hit rate so far in July has been up. So I think Justin Turner has much better days ahead of him. And we've seen when he was healthy last season, he was a you know, a poor man's J.D. Martinez. He was one of the best hitters in baseball. I think, you know, Yuli Gurriel took a little while for the power to come back, but I feel like that's come back a bit. Because that's the guy we compared Turner and Gurriel. They both suffered hand injuries. It, you know, the the really weird one is Eugenio Suarez, who came oh, back, yeah. like, after three weeks from a broken hand and just kept con- absolutely crushing the ball. Yeah. And is really, like, messing with my mind on this issue. But for the most part, you still expect this to... uh to impact power and maybe like i said maybe it'll just linger for justin turner all season but you know maybe the all-star break gets him right the upside is worth finding out so the only issue i have with turner is that he was dealing with an injury just before the break he's expected back after but it's like a it's like a side injury or something uh, can't remember some something muscular so just keep that in mind but i yeah I, i did i was hoping somebody would bring him up heath anyone for you at third base uh, Chris Bryant. Yeah, that's the obvious one. Get a power surge in the second half. And there's nothing not to like about Matt Carpenter. I mean, maybe he, he I, I don't know, maybe he won't homer as much, but my God, 29.3% live drive rate. Yeah. He's just, he's been amazing. He, he hits year. the ball extremely well. I was going to say him for a couple of different positions, but then I thought he's been too good. Yeah. yeah. In the, in the keeping with the theme of Max Muncie, Eugenio Suarez deserves some love, and I don't think he's gotten the appropriate amount. He's been incredible. Can I rewind to uh, second base real quick? Because I want to talk about some some bad. Is this a scary stat for you? Scooter Jeanette has a 371 Babbitt. He also has a ridiculous hard hit rate and a great line drive rate, but 371 Babbitt for Jeanette. He, he's not going to sustain his very high Babbitt, but this feels it's a little like Daniel Murphy a couple years ago. 
where we were skeptical last year, and then he kept doing it the following year. And he has made some changes, and he's benefited from the juiced ball, but for the most part, I think it's just he's good now. I whether would, he's this good, probably not. Well, and he has a 334 career BAPIP, which is really high yeah, for very that good. many plate appearances. Yeah. Okay, so Scooter Jeanette, maybe the batting average comes down a little bit, but still, he's probably going to be a 300 hitter around there. He had 295 last year. That's Jeanette. Let's go to shortstop. Who do we got? This one's a lot harder, unless you go with the obvious one. Which is what? Trey Turner. Yeah. Yep. It, like, it, it's, it's really hard to find. I guess Didi Gregorius you can make a case for just because he hasn't done anything since like April 12th. Um, beyond that, it's really, Carlos Correa, I guess, once he gets healthy, um, you, maybe the Mets will just decide to, uh, play Ahmed Rosario every day and he will have a breakthrough. Well, speaking of the Mets, is Drupal Cabrera's got really good batted ball data. Mm-hmm. And he has not fallen off as I have expected. I think there's been, you know, like some slumps in there, but he's mostly been really good and he's probably going to get traded. Do you think of Cabrera in a buy high sense? Cause I, I'm afraid to put my eggs in the Dribble Cabrera basket, but he has been really good. Everything about the Mets terrifies me. Well, he won't They're be a Mets much longer. And there's just a ch- he could get traded into a, a part-time role. Oh, boy, I hope not. Um, is there anything about Trey Turner that gives you pause or are you convinced he'll be back? He is not running nearly as much as he did the previous two years. And this was the concern coming into the season that batting in front of, you know, Bryce Harper and Daniel Murphy and the top of that lineup, he might not run as much and he hasn't. He's on pace for about 40 steals, maybe a little bit less. And he had 46 and 98 games last year. He's stealing about half as often as he did. So in that sense, in the like, can he challenge for the number one overall spot in Roto sense? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have, Reasons to be skeptical of Trey Turner. And that may be, like, he's been caught more often this year. Coming into this year, he'd been caught 16 times in, like, what, 95, 100 attempts? That's a negligible. He's still only run, in 96 games, he's run 28 times. Last year, he had run 54 times in in, in 98 games. Right, but I think a lot of the not running has increased over, like, it's been a long time since he's attempted a stolen base, right? Or he's had one in his most recent month. We have, uh, we have, we have Trey Turner in the midst of a stolen base drought. You know, his, his stolen base, like, he wasn't gonna steal 60. But it looked like he was going to steal at least forty, and he probably he's probably going to get close to that. It, he's been he's been quiet. Lately. Oh, he's been caught in his last four chips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the weird thing. <laughs> that's not great. That's the weird thing. I, that's got to be fluky. That's got to be fluky. I would think so, unless there's some kind of nagging injury that we don't know. About. He's just ice cold lately too. He's not, Trey Turner has not had a good July. Let's see, he's batting two fifty with a three fifty nine slugging percentage and no steals in three attempts in July. Uh, alrighty, so, he stole six bases in June, so, you know, if you get 18 steals from him rest of season, that'd be nice. Uh, yeah. outfield. Bryce Harper. For sure. Yeah, I That's mean, the, the, obvious the one. four names I put were Harper, Blackman, Stanton, who's already, I mean, quietly been, like, amazing for uh, at least a month, and Springer. Harper, Blackman, Stanton, and Springer. I need Scott to get back on the podcast. How can you not put Giancarlo Stanton in your top 24 for next year? Absolutely bonkers. Um, I don't know. Is it? Yes. Was it, he in our top 24 before last year? 
Well, that's last the thing. Year was, last, before last year was the first year he had dropped out. The year before that, he was a top six pick. Yeah, I and know. We, we last keep year does look currently. It may not after the second half, but it currently looks slightly more right, but even outlierish. If, but even if he doesn't go back, he was he was the number one hitter last year. So even if he doesn't go back to last year, if he goes back to the pre twenty sixteen version of himself, and twenty sixteen he was bad. I'm remembering that right, right? I think so. Yeah. And that was coming off the wrist injury. So I think that's the ex- – before that, he was consistently a first-round pick, if not for the injuries. And the injuries have not been a concern the last two seasons because they were mostly fluky. I just – I think he deserves to be in the top 24. I don't think it's outlandish to not have him in the top 24 for next year. Yeah. I am going to yell at Scott White. I can't wait. Any, um, I'll give you a, any a points league all-star. Okay. Oh, you weren't done. Go ahead. No, 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 I was. I was actually queuing you up. Any, any other outfielders? And we talk about him too much, so I won't talk about him too much, but Jake Bowers. In a points league, he was a top 25 outfielder since he was called up, and that was without everything going his way. Jake Bowers, okay. I'll bring up one that makes me a little uncomfortable because I saw some speculation recently that he could be sent down to the minors to work on some stuff. Uh, but Michael Conforto. No, but oh. that's a good one too because I believe in talent for both of these guys, but Joey Gallo. Um uh. It's it's not worked out for me so far, but there are still like he's an improved hitter since last season. Even if the results don't show it, his BABIP is somehow lower, even though he's hitting the ball the opposite way and making contact more. So I think he's going to have, you know, if he has a two seventy BABIP in the second half, he's going to be a very good fantasy hitter. And we'll throw Marcelo Zuna out there. He's no, not going to okay. ISO the rest of the season. Now that I'm glad you, because Ozuna was the guy I was going for. It's easy to figure out these high end guys: Harper, Blackman, Stanton, Springer. Ozuna, I did just a Google search to see if I could find anything on him, and I see this story in the St. Louis Post Dispatch. It's a Q and A with one of their writers, Derek Gould, and the the headline is: What did Cards know about Ozuna's bum shoulder? And the question was, please explain explain the process the Cardinals medical team had in assessing Marcelo Zuna's shoulder during the trade with the Marlins. I find it incredible that they traded four prospects for a player with a bum shoulder who literally can't throw the ball more than 40 feet, and now it's obviously affecting his swing. And then Derek Gould, the writer, gave his answer. I, the answer wasn't all that insightful, I guess, just that they were comfortable with, with uh, Marcelo Zuna. They were comfortable. What did he say? Uh, something a little bit interesting. There was a physical that the Cardinals wanted to make the deal, and they had to orchestrate that at the same time as the other deal, blah, blah, blah. They were comfortable with the results. Comfortable to the point of limiting Ozuna's throwing program during the spring in an attempt to aid the shoulder, and comfortable that his production at the plate last year with the same soreness was not reduced. So that really stood out to me. Maybe he's got a shoulder issue that we haven't been fully aware of. Maybe, but he has hit... Uh, he has an above average barrel rate, uh, 6.6%. His average exit velocity on home, on line drives and fly balls is 47th out of 230 qualified hitters. His batted ball profile mostly looks the same from last year. So I, I just think it's, we saw the upside last year. We saw the best case scenario. I think we're seeing the worst case scenario this year. And he's still on pace for about 90 RBI. I think he's going to have a very nice second half. I think he'll probably hit 15 homers moving forward with a, you know, 270 to 280 average. All right, that's Marcel Ozuna. Pitchers, who do you got? Oh, we've got so many good names here. Oh, all right, go for it. Let's start it off with a big one. 
Joe Musgrove. All right, that, that one I really thought you were going to say John Gray. John Gray is James Paxton. He has been kind of crappy since the start of June, and I wonder if the people who own James Paxton are a little worried about that, especially because he's on the DL. You right are going to trade for an extremely injury-prone player yes. who is currently on the DL? Yeah. All right, yes. James Paxton. I will, I'll stick in that same range, and we'll just move down together, I guess. I'll go with Carlos Carrasco. Who has a 343 FIP, a 337 XFIP, and a 335 Sierra. He's really good still. But. His velocity's now. Allegedly. You know what? I watched his last start because I watched all of his starts. Fastball looked a lot better. Oh, good. It did. And maybe he was just throwing his four seamer more than his two seamer. Like I said, I don't know. But a lot more 94s than 92s. Also, I love how you mock me when there was actually a report and a concern coming out of spring training about Carlos Carrasco's velocity that we completely ignored. Also, his ERA is over four. So maybe, actually, I've been 100% right about Carlos Carrasco this entire time, and you mock me as if I've been wrong when, in fact, I've been right. But yes. Except his velocity hasn't been down. Except his fastball sucks, and his velocity has been down. No, it hasn't. John Gray, he was back from the minors and made a great start. I think he's going to be very good moving forward. Coors Field puts a cap on how good he can be, but I think you're looking at a mid-to-high threes ERA with a ton of strikeouts. That's a useful pitcher and is available. Everything Chris said about John Gray, except he doesn't pitch at Coors, Nick Pavetta is going to get things started on the right foot after the All-Star break and be a top 30 starting pitcher. Jamison Tyone has already started his turnaround in eight starts since throwing his slider uh, as a primary part of his arsenal against the St. Louis Cardinals. He has a 329 ERA with a 24.5% strikeout rate with seven starts with 10 or more sing- swinging strikes. What about... That's a, that's a starting rotation of five. Uh, I've got... And Joe Musgrove. Seven. Yeah, Musgrove, Paxson, six. Musgrove, Paxson, Carrasco, Gray, Pavetta, Tyone. Steven Matz. We're going to need seven because Paxton's going to be hurt. Yeah, Matz. Matz for bats. Wheeler, by the way, I think has two good matchups coming up. So he's 68% owned. Unless he gets traded, then I don't know what his matchups will be. Um, What was I going to say? Well, the rookies. I think Bieber and Peralta are the most interesting. How do you feel about them? Beaver has been more impressive than I expected. The the book on him as a prospect coming up, the scouting report, was that he was more of a finesse type of guy, and he actually has about league average velocity and you know can hit ninety five. So it's not he's not just some soft tossing control artist. Uh there's actually some stuff there and he's gotten a decent amount of strikeouts. So I think Shane Bieber can continue to be pretty good. Um I don't I don't know how much upside there is. But he looks solid. And Peralta, I, I think he's a wild card. I worry about him. I just... I, I get it. But low, not a big arsenal, 92-mile-per-hour fastball. That apparently, what do you say, he has a good spin rate on it? Yeah, it's just deceptive. And the thing is, I get the, the concern, and it does seem like implosion is coming, but he's been incredible in AA, and he's been incredible in AAA, and he's been incredible in the majors. And at some point... We may just have to accept that he's just this good, or at least that he's good in a way that kind of boggles the mind. But 12.1K per nine in the majors, and 
it was 12.8 at AAA this year, and it was 12.9 last year at AA, and it was 12.5 at The walks are coming back, though, aren't they? The walks are coming back. That's a little scary for Peralta. Yeah. So that's a big issue for him in the minors, but he did. He was able to pitch around it. Heath, that cut you off? Nope. All right. Relief pitcher, second half all-star. Whoever takes over for guys who get traded at the deadline, um, we could speculate on that. I guess Drew Steckenrider would be an option for the Marlins if Kyle Baraclaw gets traded. But somebody's uh, got to be on a good team to be our all-star, right? Somebody you, you would think. Which well, is why... Closers who are on good teams don't tend to get traded. Well, I've got two names for you, buddy. I got Will Smith and A.J. Minter. Okay. And, of course, big question is whether or not either of them will be the closer rest of the season. If Will Smith even is the closer, I think he is. Uh, I, would, I guess I worry a little bit about Melanson. He's 35% owned Will Smith, but he's a really good pitcher. He's been a good pitcher for basically his entire career. And Minter, I think, you know, they've wanted him to kind of ascend. And I, I think he has a chance to uh, run with this job. How long is Strickland out? Isn't he back in like three weeks? I did, well, Wasn't I like know, a I don't four know to why six I didn't, week? I don't know why I didn't even think about that. I, I think it was like a four to six week timetable, and he's been out a couple weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, do you think he just jumps back into that job, or you think? I think he probably gets that job back. If uh, that's stupid, on if my he part. gets back to his old self, like that's not a guarantee. Okay, he's out until mid-August because he's on the sixty-day DL. Uh, but I don't think that move changed his timetable. So, but the, but a guy out that long, you could see a closer come in, do well, and keep the job. Yeah, you could. Yeah, it's just it's a it's another complicating factor. Now he's competing with two potential guys to take his job. Mm-hmm. All righty, uh, I'm gonna save some emails for our next show, which will be on Thursday. We're gonna take tomorrow off. And, gee, what do we do now? Oh, I'm sorry. Heath, did you want to give a, a reliever? No. I, I think that our all-star team should just use starters and use the starters for one innings in the late innings. We don't need relievers. We've seen how good Joe Musgrove can be as a reliever. Yeah, that's right. Adam, you know what time it is. It's time to lay down the law. It's time to regulate. All right, here we go. First regulation question is from D.C. from Florida. But now I'm confused. Says, dear Carter, Buster, uh, uh, Carter, Busey, Sanchez, and Coleman. I don't know who those So I got are. confused in the same way. I thought that was Buster. Yeah. Uh, I, I have no idea. Gary's? Gary's. Oh, okay. Gary's. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I was fitting up, finishing up Thursday's podcast, I was thinking about how my league wouldn't really need regulating. There's not a lot of trash talk or drama, but my brother, the commissioner, Called me ten minutes later with a problem. Twist! <laughs> uh, most of our league lives in Florida, but three people in the league live in North Carolina. So one of them, one of those three people in North Carolina, mails my brother a check for all three of them for the season. Normally there's no problem, but now one of the North Carolina guys won't return calls or texts from the guy who prepaid for him. And now owes him money. Uh, he texts him saying if he doesn't pay that my brother will lock him out from making any moves on the waiver wire or trades. My brother thinks that technically the deadbeat is all paid up because someone else paid for him. So it's between the North Carolina boys. What say you? You kick him out of the league. But also, like, get Venmo or kick. something, guys. It's 2018. Like, <laughs> Zelle? PayPal? Anything? Like, I, I have received money from all three of those sources in the last week. 
They, they, you don't need to mail a check. That's true. Like, what are you, what are you, what are you paying for, for grain Chris, Chris, during the dust bowl? Forest trees, forest trees. No, this is the, this is, we've the, got to regulate. I am regulating. Yeah, you're <laughs> regulating the wrong issue. Use Venmo. I would not kick him out of the league yet. He is paid. It's been paid. So someone else paid for him in case people got confused. Someone else paid for him. Right. This guy is refusing to pay the person that paid for him. What do you do? Well, I would say that guy should not pay for him next year. <laughs> the grift, and if he doesn't pay next year, then he's out. The grift is strong. But I, I disagree it, with you, you guys. Are, you are no, no. You are the commissioner of the league. You're not commissioner of friendships. No, no. You're I the disagree. commissioner of the league. His entry fee has been paid. No, I am not letting I, this guy off the hook. Yeah, I, it's I don't not think, your responsibility. I don't think you, I don't think you, no, I don't think you let this guy. Off. You are no, not you a commissioner don't. of morals. I, lo- I lock his lineup. I and lock his lineup. Know I, I don't know. No, I don't know if you lock his lineup. But if he doesn't pay by the end of the season or by the time you're looking to start up next season, you kick him out. The league. This is Bush League. You I have received your up. payment. And next year, use you are only Venmo, responsible for stop overstepping <laughs> your boundaries. What the uh, heck is Zell? League Safe. It's like a Wells Fargo thing. Bank of America. Yeah, I, multiple right. sites. Next use. up, next there up. There are so many options. We got. Guys. You gave you some safe, different answers it's there. Encrypted DC. You can you can choose what you want. He says, "P.S. The Last Jedi was awesome." Next up, we've got Brandon. In Ichiro's first and last MLB state, that would be the state of Washington. And Brandon says, Dear Hideo, Hideki, Daisuke, and you, Japanese pitchers, I play on Yahoo, where Shohei Otani is two players, pitcher and hitter. Before the season, my league agreed that an owner had to own both to have Otani. The the assumption being that he'd be a valuable starting pitcher and questionable hitting asset. Now that he's only hitting, but both players are off the DL, both Otanis, Owning Otani carries even more burden. I proposed eliminating our prior agreement, but my commissioner opposes. I bet you do. <laughs> uh, does he own Otani? He doesn't. It doesn't say. <laughs> what do you guys think? Should we change the own both Otani's rule or stand no. by the preseason agreement? <laughs> I don't think you change the rules in season. <laughs> I think it also probably doesn't matter. I bet yeah. you do. That's he, funny. Yes, uh, you cannot change the rule and. Like the Otani, the hitter may be rosterable if he only cost you that one roster spot and it was a daily lineups league, yeah. which Yahoo usually is. That would make sense. He is not rosterable if you have to use two roster spots on him, even in the daily lineup format. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we've got uh, the dude. The dude says, hey, Walter, Donnie, and the Jesus. All right, we know this. This is the most overrated. Famous, famous bowlers. Almost uh, the most overrated movie of all time, The Big Lebowski. You are a terrible person. <laughs> what? You don't like Kill Bill? I understand. Yeah, you said you said Quentin Tarantino didn't make a good movie for 20 years. Right. So you in should, the, sit in the corner. No, that was, it was, that was factual. <laughs> May have been 15 years. I'm the commissioner of a redraft league made up of mostly family and a few co-workers. The last two people to join the league three years ago. Uh, we're neither family, nor we're neither friends or coworkers. Okay, sorry. The last two people to join the league three years ago were friends of coworkers. I don't personally know them. However, we met, we welcome them. One of the aforementioned friends of coworkers has won all three years he's been in the league. His reign is relentless and it's not even fun anymore. <laughs> My family members have asked if I could excuse him from the league since he is clearly on a different level than the league was originally intended for. We have a couple people that are wanting to join. So I think this is a good opportunity to get new players in the league and level the playing field. Is this a terrible move or is it is it reasonable based on our situation? I think it's fair to excuse him from the league and see if he wants to form a more competitive league 
or I can join one of his if openings are available, maybe a weekly DFS challenge. I really want to beat this guy, but I don't want to burn bridges, And I, even if I don't really know him too well. Can I regulate I, this league without guilt, or do I need uh, the regulating? I, I am only going to answer this question in movie quotes. You're living in the past. That's, you know. Is that I'm from gonna, uh, Big Lebowski? Is Big Lebowski. Is that the end of your answer? Yeah. Yeah, you're living in the past. I don't get that's, uh, You didn't regulate. It's the worst answer. Yeah, that was really. This like, is, this, is, I'm going this to, is not nom, Smokey. I'm going to there answer you. You scroll down and look for a better quote from that movie, too. <laughs> I am the walrus. I, listen. You're kind of giving him a little bit of a gift when you remove him from the league as well. How much would you like it as a fantasy genius to be able to say, I dominated this one league so much, they asked me to leave because I won it too often. I, I think you walrus. can do this. I, I you think can you it. can yeah. do it. It's your family league. I think you have the right to ask him. It's kind of, it's you know, it sucks, but it's, I get yeah, it. Apologize. I apologize. I would do it. I am, I am the walrus. I think you should have to make a public proclamation on the league website that you are too good for us. The following people have requested that you be removed from the league because they can't reach you. <laughs> okay, I don't think you have to do that. <laughs> but, yes, you could do this. Uh, last one is from Chris. Dear Steven, Jordan, Adam, and AJ. The Backstreet Boys. These are pitchers to sign the largest deals after Tommy John surgery. Steven Strasburg. Or the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Jordan who? Nine, 98 degrees. Zimmerman? And, Did he have yeah. Tommy John? I don't remember him having Tommy yeah. John. All right. Jordan Zimmerman and Adam Wainwright? Yeah, sure. And A.J. Burnett, I guess? Yeah, yep. Or A.J. Puck? Uh, yeah, it's 98 degrees. It's 98. 16-team Dynasty League, I own Garrett Richards. With his Tommy John surgery coming at the end of his contract, his actual MLB contract, there's a good chance that Garrett Richards does not sign a new contract until he comes back from the surgery. Uh, with him not being signed to a major league team, he will not be placed on the DL, and therefore Garrett Richards in this dynasty league will not be DL eligible. In this case, I would need to burn a bench spot for Richards for potentially a full year in order to hold on to him. If this occurs, should I petition the league to see if I can get an exception for Richards and allow an injured player not signed to a deal to be placed on my fantasy DL? Or should I, should I just give in, drop him, and hope I can get Richards back when he signs? You should petition your league, but then they should send us an email saying, listen to this dope. He wants us to change the rules because a guy on his team can't be held. I think you're putting the, the horse before the proverbial cart here. Uh, Michael Pineda signed the, last the year. The horse goes before the cart. Yeah, you're putting the horse before right, the, the cart. You'd, you'd be putting the cart before the horse if you had it in the wrong order because the, the horse Look, pulls the cart. I'm I'm a city slicker. All right? I, I don't know about horses and or carts. Uh, one of them goes before the other one, and one is not supposed to. And whichever one is not supposed to be that is what you're doing. Uh, Michael Pineda signed coming off Tommy John surgery last year. Um, God, there's another example that I was going Nate to Evaldi use. Signed. Nate Evaldi. Nate also wasn't signed Tom, while coming back Tommy from John? Tommy John surgery. Wilson Ramos was signed coming back from an ACL tear. Um, so I... I think this probably won't be an issue. I would guess somebody will give Garrett Richards a, a two-year deal worth is eight million or something. Garrett Richards, two-year deal with eight million. That's basically what they're gonna do. All right, Chris. What? I, I was singing to the to oh. the tune of regulators. Because one of the guys, by the way, um, 
the dude, the guy who wrote the Lebowski email, said, Adam, keep singing, homie. Your co-hosts are jealous of your talent. I don't think that we've ever criticized your singing abilities. Um, I don't know if that's true. All right, we're out of here. We're back on Thursday. Talk to you then, everybody.